guys, welcome to My Opinion and welcome back to another episode of Women for Women Wednesday. Today I have a really special guest with me. Her name is Paris and we actually know each other through an amazing group, which I'm sure we'll end up talking about today. Paris, welcome to My Opinion. How are you today? Well, thank you so much, Maya, for having me. I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm so excited to have you here. I am so good. Let's dive in. Let's just tell everybody who you are and a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yes, of course. So like you said, guys, my name is Paris Prinkevich and I am the creator and host of the Crooked Illness Podcast. And we got to meet, I'm so thankful we got to meet through this incredible program called Crown for Success. Maya actually reached out to me on Instagram. We started a relationship there and I did this incredible program, which has taught me so much, so many different things when it comes to leadership, self-love, branding, so many valuable components that I've learned through this program and through the relationship that we got to cultivate together. So I'm so thankful for that and thankful for Maya and all of this and just being able to come on to her podcast, chat with you guys, jump into my story and let you know a little bit about me and and why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad. I remember when we were chatting and I just loved reaching out to you because you had your podcast already. And so I was like, oh my God, this is someone that needs to connect with this awesome group of women. And I was just, I loved your podcast, which I know we're going to get into. And it was so unique and interesting to me and spoke to me and, you know, my background and things I've been through in my life. And I was just like, oh my God, she needs to be a part of our tribe. So I'm glad that you joined and took a chance on us. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and the background, the history, the story, like let's get into it, Paris. This is so fascinating to me. Yes. Yes. So I decided to start my podcast. It's called Crooked Illness. I launched it in January of this year. And I actually did it not knowing that I was going to do a podcast. I had no intention, just like you. I remember you telling me about you and (laughs) I had no intention of actually doing a podcast. I just kind of, I saw an app to start a podcast. I, I downloaded it and I recorded, I did my first episode and I really decided to do this because I wanted to start to use my story to help other people instead of holding it in and keeping it to myself and letting that just stay there, eat me alive, hurt me, keep me in a state of fear. I wanted to use my experiences when it comes to mental health and my story of, of being 19 years old and being hospitalized and diagnosed with bipolar disorder, SMI, which is serious mental illness, court ordered treatment for a year. And then going through that time in my life, those very low moments and coming out of that at 23, my fresh out of college, and I ended up actually working at the very same clinic, taking my first job at the very same clinic that I was a patient at myself. So getting to have two different perspectives when it comes to mental health, you know, experiencing my own struggle, seeing it through my own eyes, having an awareness of what that looks like now, but also getting to go back and help other people, you know, do visits with people, do discharges from hospitals, help people with, with housing and different kinds of issues like this and really see it from both angles. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I realized from that experience is in both of, in both of those views, I still saw the stigma. I still saw the stigma in myself. I still saw the stigma in others. I still saw it in the workplace. And I was sitting, I'm sitting there thinking, and that's what made me decide, you know, that I wanted to do something to, to use my voice, to tell people that you don't have to stay 
in that place because I know when you're going through things and you're you, you've had trauma, you've had loss, you've had pain, you've had all these things that are keeping you feeling like you're unable to move forward, you are able to. And the things that I did that I'm excited to get in, into with you today that I hope, you know, you guys listening will take something away. And, you know, if you, if you want to try these things out, try them out. And I would love to hear, you know, how they worked for you. And you can reach out to me on, you know, we'll get into that later at the end, but yeah, yeah. just the main point is to understand, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, to understand that you don't need to stay stuck in that place. You're yeah. able to move forward. And I wanted to continue to spread that message basically to try to eliminate the stigma completely and entirely yeah. surrounding mental health. So more people feel comfortable, you know, talking about it, whether, whether you're talking about it openly, talking about it with a friend, family member, professional, whatever, just being able to put that out there and really feel like you can get help for that. And that, mm -hmm. that you're not, you know, a bad person, a broken person, a weak person, or just seeing, you know, all the negative sides of mental health and seeing all the ways that you can grow and prosper through those experiences. Yeah. I love that. And I think that was something that was so inspiring to me when I found you. And then I saw your podcast and I'm like, first of all, I love the name crooked illness. I think it's brilliant because you know, my podcast, my opinion, I'm all about the name. Like I, it's got to hook you. It's got to be interesting. Right. So I'm yes. like, what the heck is this about? This is so yes. cool. And you're adorable. So I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And so you were thriving despite oh this experience. Well, I mean, it's, it's really cool, you know, for people to see that and it's very positive. And obviously my, I know I have some guy listeners out there, which I love you too, but a lot of, um, you know, my, <laughs> my listeners are women, you know, so it's inspiring to see that. Right. And there is such a stigma with mental illness and we've chatted about this and, you know, I feel like it's gotten much better. And for me personally, I've just seen it really over the past two, three years. That's my, my opinion. And, you know, we've got a long <laughs> way to go still, you know, so I love your mission and what you're wanting to do. And I love that you have two sides of the experience. I love that you went through this very extreme experience that you were in, and then you came out and graduated college. You, what I like to say, thrived, and then you came back to help. So you have both sides, you know, and you have both perspectives. But what's interesting to me is that regardless of the perspective, whether you were in it and you were subjective or objective, you still saw the stigma and there was your inspiration. So what it kind of tell me a little bit about your experience when you were going through it yourself versus when you were helping other people what what was the difference between the stigma like the feeling of the stigma yeah so i would probably say the biggest thing was when i was going through it just feeling stuck and boxed into this mental prison that i really held myself hostage in i was the one keeping myself in that place and then coming out of that experience and working with others and seeing that same thing that i saw in myself and other people is just what really made me want to use the biggest thing the most valuable thing that i learned aside from therapy and medication was mindset work mindset work and doing, working on personal development, reading, meditation, journaling, affirmations, like writing down your blessings, all these different things. Mm -hmm. And none of that, none of that, I was a part of it all 
when I was struggling and, and doing those things and really seeing the way that that can open you up and just take you out of that place. You pull your own self out of that dark hole that you're in and seeing that, that you're able to do that and wanting just to give that back to other people because it was, it hurt me so much because I remember, you know, working and going in and chatting with people and hearing just horrific stories of things that people have gone through and experienced and sitting there listening to this and saying, you know, what, what just, and realizing, recognizing the power that we have, that we're able to take ourselves out of that because for so long, I was like, there's no way, you know, this is just how it is, you know, you know, the world sucks. Everyone sucks. I suck. This is just, you know, just, this is how it is. And yeah. and being that way and living that way and feeling, you know, it's like, why would you, why would you want to continue going forward if that's, that's the way you're going to move forward? So I really, you know, in, in those both perspectives I have is still seeing that stigma and still recognizing in other people, you know, that they don't want to, you know, have other people know, that I'm coming to see them from a clinic. You know, they don't, nobody wanted to put that out there. And it just made me so sad to realize that, you know, how easy it is to bring up a physical condition. You know, Mm -hmm. if you see somebody in a a wheelchair injured or has, you know, has a, some kind of physical thing going on, we can see that with our eyes, but you can't necessarily always see that with your eyes when it's a mental health condition. So just recognizing that and, and knowing that and trying to give hope to people that, you know, you don't have to feel like you can't do anything about it. And, you know, really thinking about, you know, what is the worst thing that can happen if, if people find out that you are I love that bipolar, you, that. you, yep. Yeah. That's such a, that's such a, well, we both talked about mindset before and mindset is so key. And yeah, that, that is mindset work right there because when you start to think what's the worst thing that can happen and you start to play those things out, you really get out of yourself and you start to realize, oh, wait, it's not going to actually be that bad if this person finds out or if that person finds out. You actually start to realize that the worst case um, scenario, like it, it might actually be a good case for you. Like, hey, if these people find out that this is going on with me and then they ditch me or they don't care about me or they're not supporting me, they probably shouldn't be in my life. It's like you start to change your perspective, right? I mean, that's what I found in my own journey. Yeah, a hundred percent. I totally agree with you on that because I feel like for me is I was the one who created this narrative. I wrote the story of everyone around me is judging me. Mm -hmm. Everyone around me is critiquing me, everyone around me. And I would tell myself if I remember being in college and in college, and I I used to be afraid that my roommate would see my medication bottles and ask me what, like, what is that? Like, what are you taking that for? And I, I just made up all these things in my head that would snowball and snowball and snowball until I was like, there is no way that I can ever talk about this or put this out there because in my head, it was almost like I would die. That that's what would happen. And that's basically how bad it got. Mm-hmm. that I had told myself all of these things. But when you really start to do that work, like you said, that mindset work of asking yourself these questions, what is the worst thing that will happen? Or just all these possibilities and laying them out there and saying, you know what, you know what, what, if, if you say this and someone, and, and that's the thing too, that I, I would love to get into is that not everybody knows how to respond or react to when someone is opening up to them about, you know, I have, I've struggled with my mental health or I've had this diagnosis. Not everybody knows 
what to say. And, you, you know, we might not take it the right way, and, but it doesn't matter, you know, as, as long as that, you know, that's what I also, another thing is to not care so much and hold so much of the value that you put on your own self into other people's hands of, okay, yeah. if this person is going to say, you know, like you always hear the labels, you know, you're crazy, you know, unstable, yeah. just off the hinge, off the ra- all these things yeah. and whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. know what? It's the, it's the, is, do you love you? Do yeah. you love yourself? What do you like about you? Start yes. to work on that. Start to write down because that's another thing that, that I can say to, that is a huge help. If people can start doing this, if, if you are in that dark space, if you are in, if you are struggling and you feel like you can't get out of that, start to see things in yourself that you like, you admire, you're proud of, like, look at your blessings. Look at what you have. Look how far you've come. Look at what you've accomplished. Look at all of these things that are, are going to help you move forward instead of all of these things that are holding you back. Like, you know, the relationships that, you know, you, you spend so much time thinking about it or, or things that have been broken or fallen apart or losses. And not that it's not that you shouldn't reflect on that. I'm not saying that I'm saying don't, don't spend all of your time dwelling on these things because that will eat you a lot. That will eat you up to the point where you can't, you're not going to be able to do anything because that, yeah. because if your mindset, the relationship that, that has with your mental health is so critical and so important because if your mindset is not in the right place and if your mental health is not in the right place more than like your likely your mindset will not be either so working on those both of them right and doing things that bring you joy to have self being so hard on ourselves being so critical being so judgmental on our own selves because I feel like it's very easy, you know, especially for me, how I used to be, it was very easy. And I was the biggest one of anybody who beat myself up the most, you know, cause it's, yeah. you, you can have all kinds of things going on, but if you're the one who's pulling yourself down, pulling yourself down, then it, it becomes very, very difficult to climb out of that. Yeah, it, de- it definitely. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people get really stuck and we've chatted about this before too, but a lot of people get stuck on the whole, like, Oh, mindset. I can't just like be happy. I can't just think happy thoughts because it's like when you were sharing all of this, I call it like the rolling rock syndrome. Once it starts down the hill, you kind of just start to spiral. So it can be very difficult at that point because once it gets that momentum, you're kind of just on the negative train, right? Or you're on that negative roll. So really looking, I love when you say looking at your successes and things like that, because that is not, you know, something you're just saying in your mind, right? That is proof. You can write that on paper. You can ask somebody, you can see it. You can look at it. It's an accomplishment. You know, yes, I graduated from college just Despite this, you can see that you can see that accomplishment. It happened. Yes, I, you know, achieved this. I won this award. Yes, that happened despite all of this. Yes, I bought a home despite all of this. Or yes, I bought that car on my own. And it doesn't have to be those things, but I'm just, you know, bringing up different, you know, milestones or things that you've done. And maybe it's something small like, yes, I managed to go outside and do a jog today. And I haven't done that in six months. Those are milestones and those are accomplishments. And those are like tangible things that you can say that you've done. And I think those become huge when you're on that rolling rock syndrome, (laughs) when you're like, I can't think of anything positive. Well, those are tangible successes that you can say, I have done this. So if I can do that, I can do this. And so I know I'm not 
this complete, you know, failure in this really stuck, dark place. And that helps you propel forward. And, you know, not necessarily in the rolling rock way, maybe you start to propel, you know, up your next hill and your next, you know, battle. But what I really want to ask you about too, is I find it interesting that, you know, you went through this very, very, you know, interesting year at 19 and you were hospitalized. And I just think it's amazing that you're in a place where you can share all of that now. And then you left and you went to college and you graduated and you went on and now you've got this podcast and you're sharing all of this, but you do share that with your roommate, you were still going through these issues of, I don't want to share. I don't want to tell her that, you know, I have the medication and I'm sure you were feeling that way about probably most of the people in your life. So what happened in that transition? Cause then you went to go work at the place that you were at. So there was a, a shift and a transition. So what happened within you during that time that you were able to then become a mentor and a helper to these people and that you were open to it. And obviously now you're completely open to sharing your journey. So what shifted? I feel like that was a, a big moment in time for you. Yes. I love that question. I love that question because I, cause I you know remembering back to school, back to college during that time, I was still not in the best place. But the thing that held me there is I always love learning. I mm-hmm. loved it. I'm a nerd. I love school. I'm like all about anything where you can just learn, read a book, anything like that. But what really kept me in that place of fear and I don't want to talk about this and I don't want to go there is because I felt like, like we said, this narrative that I created that I wrote in my head of, oh no, like, cause I remember saying, oh no, like, you know, what if she finds out or what if people on my floor know or what? And it's like, but what if they know, you know what? Like, it's, it's like, what is that? What's going to happen? I remember. And I think the the biggest shift in that change, I remember I came out of college and I I remember, you know, I, I, I had a hard time in school too. I remember struggling a lot and just going through all kinds of different things with, you know, relationships falling apart, not really believing in myself, not really, you know, being so hard on myself about everything, just everything. And just feeling like I'm not even going to do this. And I remember, you know, graduating with honors from college in psychology. And I did, I went to the interview for that job. And I remember it it was so funny because the woman at the front desk who used to check me in for my appointments was still there. Yeah, And she looked at me and she's like, you look so familiar, like familiar. And I remember, I remember in, in the orientation, I actually met again, the case manager that I had who, cause I'm, I'm really good with faces. If I see your face, I'll remember you in 10 years, yeah. probably not your name, but your face. Yeah. And she, and she saw me in orientation and was like, you know, have you worked here before? And I wanted so badly to be like, no, I, you, I was a patient of yours, but I'm like, I can't say that. And my, I'm like, there's no way I can say that because then, then there's going to be this whole thing of, you know, what if she goes and tells people and then they don't mm-hmm. want me to work here. And I'm like, I, I just was like, no, you know, and I, and I just it ate me alive. And I remember, oh, but I think the biggest shift in, in, in doing that job is like, I, I sat there and I remember having other interviews and the other places are like, yeah, here's an offer. And I'm sitting there like, what, what should I do? What should I do? And I remember after walking out of that interview, they asked me what recovery looks like to me. And again, I still, I still wasn't hundred percent honest. I wanted to say I was a patient here wow. and now I'm coming back to work here. And, you know, and at 19 and 23, that's four years, you know, yeah. I don't know whatever time means nothing, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, and just sitting there and I wanted to say, you know, this is really what it is, but I said something else. 
which was also good, but it wasn't really me. And then I remember working there and just seeing all the, seeing all the things that I saw and all the gaps and all the barriers that, you know, were in between patients getting the level of care they needed. And, you know, also looking at employees who weren't happy and, you know, didn't like what they were doing. And it just made me so sad to sit there and say, wow, like, you know, if you don't like what you're doing, you can leave, you can, you can can do that. But I, I remember that's what really inspired me to, you know, go back to school. And then I got my MBA in healthcare administration. I was supposed to do it in two years, did it in one, finished that because I wanted to learn more about the business aspect when it comes to healthcare management, because I never learned anything like that. So I wanted to learn more of that and how to apply that. And then after that experience, that's when I said, you know what, why am I still afraid of talking about because I'm like I'm never going to get anywhere if I'm still holding my story back because that's the biggest thing people want to know you know is like why are you doing what you're doing where does this where does this come from and you're and you know you could sit there all you want and say you know I love this and it's been changed my life and I love psychology but every who anyone can, everyone loves it. You know, everyone loves learning about things and all this stuff, but why is it personal to you? What is pushing you and motivating you and making you get up every single day and want to continue doing this kind of work? And it's because it has affected my life. And it's been just crazy to, to see that the way that I used to be, the way that I used to be and treat myself, treat others was just, so bad. It's, it makes me so sad to, to see that and to see other people out there who are dealing with that and then not getting the help they need. And then, you know, look, look at what's happening and just, you see yeah. it all the time, you know, on new, on the news, we turn on the news and you see all kinds of different um, act, cr- criminal activity that's going on and shootings and different things like this and all these things. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, if there was no stigma attached to mental health and people can get the help they needed, maybe these things wouldn't be happening or be escalated to the level that they are I agree with people you wouldn't have this fear shame yeah I yes, agree this with you. shame That's something fear, I feel very guilt, passionately about too and yeah. <laughs> yeah. all of it yes. yes yes because I watch these things and I see you know every day there's a different story a different article mm-hmm. you know a different thing of you know what what happened or you know what and it just makes me so sad because that that never had to be there if we you know didn't place such a uh a stigma or, you know, and sometimes we're the one putting the stigma on our own selves. Absolutely. And then, you know, and I it, love it that goes you both said ways. That. I love that you said that because I have found, you know, the people that have been in my life and, you know, I have friends in my life that, you know, struggle with different, you know, mental illnesses. And, you know, I've shared with you um, and, you know, my listeners know a lot about my story with my brother and he passed away and, um, in a very tragic way, obviously. And, you know, he was mentally ill and that was, you know, I wondered for so long if that story could have ended differently had he not, you know, felt this stigma and had he really had the proper care. And, you know, there was a stigma, you know, I'm by no means angry at my, my parents about it, but, you know, there was stigma around mental illness with my parents. It's a different generation. I get all of that, but it doesn't make it right. And I love that we're bringing awareness to it more and more each day. And I love that you've taken, you know, your experience because you are so right, because your story is is there for a reason. You're experiencing your life and your, your journey for a reason. But if you're not sharing it, then what is the point? What is, what is the point of all of this? Mm -hmm. So I love when you shared that 
because I had no idea it took like this was quite a process for you to finally like say oh my gosh like you went into these interviews and you're not even telling them that like you were there like you still were not being totally transparent like about who you were you were so worried going back to the place that helped you that's wild so it takes a lot of time to kind of accept yourself on this journey and obviously everybody's story is different but I think that's really interesting, but I think we've all been there. I've been there myself too. And it's the most freeing thing in the world when you're finally like, okay, this is who I am. This is the real story. It's the scariest thing. But then when people start to respond to it and they're like, thank you so much for sharing that, which I know they do that with you. I've seen it in your um, Instagram (laughs) and comments and all of that. And I love that for you. And I think that's amazing. And I've experienced that too in in my life and sharing my story. And it was so freeing for me. And I I can tell by the way that you talk about all this, it's been a freeing thing for you. And what I want to ask you too, I think you were starting to talk about it, is what advice would you give people that, you know, say they have somebody in their life or they meet somebody that is going through has mental illness, maybe they have bipolar, maybe they have, um, maybe they're dealing with extreme depression or anxiety, or there's so many different things out there um, that could be going on. And so many, you know, you have bipolar, but you might have, you know, these tendencies, or, you know, maybe you have schizophrenic tendencies. There's so much, you know, so much more, you're more of the expert on this than me. I'm definitely not. But how, how do you recommend approaching this? Because to your point, I feel like people either just don't want to deal with it. There's like a stigma. It's like, we just want to shut down or we want to like coddle them, or we just, I mean, I don't feel like we, there's no guidebook, right? So you're speaking from experience. What is your advice? You've seen both sides. Yeah. So what I would say, what I would recommend is asking if you know that person or if they, if they came to you and been transparent of, I have this, or I, you know, I've been diagnosed with this, or I'm going through with this, ask them what they would prefer, you know, or just, just check on them. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing I would say is just to have to, just to be, cause I feel like, especially when you're going through those moments, you know, I felt like I had no one, even though that was not true at all. I had so many people, but I didn't, I, I didn't recognize them. I didn't see them because I didn't want to, I wanted to push everybody away. Yep. I didn't want anyone to want to like me or care about me or anything. Cause I felt like I was bad. I was damaged. I was whatever it was. And I feel like what I would say is just to have a kinder approach and, and just try to educate yourself more on these mental health things, you know, go like read more books, do more research, talk to the, to the person, you know, ask them, what is it like? You know, what, if they're, if they're open to talking about it, you know, to Mm -hmm. kind of understand their experience better, because I know for me, it's when I was, I remember growing up and hearing my mom talk about my, my, her sister, my aunt who's bipolar and everything Mm -hmm. was just, I remember very negative, you know, she's very difficult to be around. No one wants to, no one wants to stay in the same room with her. She doesn't take medication. She's just a mess. And I remember hearing all Mm -hmm. of this Mm -hmm. as a young kid growing up. And I'm like, that must be, I thought that was just the worst thing that could happen to somebody to have, to you know, I'm like, what would that be like to not, you know, for, no one to want to be around you. And then I experienced it. And that was the stigma that I had with, within my own family of my mom, you know, not, not wanting to talk about mental health, you know, that's, it doesn't matter. You want attention, you know, and it just, it made it so hard to even want to talk about it or get better. So I would say the biggest advice is just to, you know, let that person know that you genuinely 
give a shit, you know, mm-hmm. that you care, that you're there, that you want to hear what their experience is like, what their story was like. And just let them know that you, you're like a good friend for them, you know, to be that for somebody, because I feel like that's so meaningful, especially for a person who feels like they don't have anyone. I have, yeah. that's just the way it is to get, to let somebody, and to, that's cause I feel like that's the best way to start breaking away at that wall, that yeah. wall that that person has built up. You're chipping away at that by letting them know that you are there and you care. And, you know, also, you know, just turning them on to things that have helped you, you know, whether that be, you know, meditation, journaling, yoga, whatever, just giving them suggestions of, Hey, this is what I've done. You know, do you want to try it out? Or let's go do something together. Let's go on a hike. Let's do, you know, just letting them know that you care and you value the relationship and you want to see them prosper and do well and come out of that hole and that they don't need to feel so wrapped up in what will people think and what, what's going to happen if this is out there. And people know about this because, you know, a hundred percent, like we said earlier, if, and I also think another thing from seeing things on both sides, like I have, if people working in facilities were, cause I've seen really, really terrible things when I was, when I was in the hospital and that could be like a whole nother thing. (laughs) That's like a whole nother conversation, but I remember just just being (laughs) understood. Yes, because because it's just approaching, you know, wanting to be there and wanting to do the work from a place of love and that you genuinely care and not that you're just there for a paycheck and you don't even like what you're doing. You hate and just looking down on these people because I feel like it's, you know, it's an easy, it's easy, right? It's easy to do that. It's easy to say, okay, well, this person's like a mess and they're never going to get better. They're just going to be here all, all the time in and out revol- a revolving door of never getting better. But when it's just, I, I feel like for me, when I look at people that way, I feel so bad about myself because why would you ever want to in the first place, criticize somebody because you don't know, you don't know them or their story or their experiences or what they're, what they want to do in their life or what they are, what they are capable of. So right. why put that out there into the universe? And just do that because I feel like that's the biggest thing is just letting people know that you are there and continuing to do what we're doing, you know, having these conversations, putting this out there. And because I know for me, when I first put what I put out there, I made a video before I did the podcast on Facebook. I did a video, I uploaded it. Yeah. And I remember I was just so scared. I was like, I want to delete it. I want to take it down. I want to delete yeah. it. This is it. I shouldn't be doing it. Like this is, and I'm like, you know, I just left it there. And I feel like that is the biggest thing to overcome is yourself. That yeah. is the biggest thing that everyone has to overcome is you. You are the one who is telling yourself, you know, I'm not good enough. I shouldn't be talking about this. I shouldn't be putting this out there. You know, all these different scenarios of, you know, this is not, no one's going to want to hear this or listen to this. But the the point is that everybody has a story and everybody has something of value they can add that will help someone else in some way. Yeah. So I agree. Completely. Just keep, keep doing it. Keep having the conversations. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, And it's interesting. Yeah. Cause I feel like you're saying kind of, um, something similar to what I heard. Um, I forget who this was that told me this, but they were explaining to me, it's a, it's a therapist and they were explaining to me that, you know, when you're dealing with someone who has, um, mental illness or, you know, you find out, or maybe they're going through a tough time because, you know, there's situational depression and anxiety and things like that. And then there's, you know, people who have lifelong mental illness. And so, um, really approaching it, I find that a lot of people come from a place of judgment 
And he was, you know, telling me that that's absolutely 100% true. And so his advice was to always come from a place and he would say to me, you know, it's not easy to do this. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you this. I'm like, okay. And I think it's, especially for people who are, um, you know, in a family situation, like you and your mother, you know, she didn't personally understand you, you know, she had seen a different experience, you know, that's hard, you know, when you're so um, subjective in the situation and so close to the situation, but his advice was to look at it, not try not to judge it. You don't know what it's like. And so really come from a place of trying to understand try to be really curious, be that person that's curious and try to understand it. And that really hit home with me because I know that I've done a good job with that sometimes. And I know that sometimes I've done a crappy job of that because I don't understand what it's like to have every illness in the world, right? This applies to everything. Like, I don't know what it's like to have this or that, or, you know, I don't know what it's like to have cancer. I don't know what it's like to, you know what I mean? I haven't suffered from everything. So that really rung true with me yeah. because, yeah. you know, coming from a place of trying to understand versus judge is just huge, like huge for anything. So just thinking that way is amazing. And then if you, if you can't do that in the moment, because it's a lot or, you know, come back to it, you know, but being present for that person, I think is, is really huge too. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your podcast before we wrap things up, because I am so just excited for you, proud of you. It's done. I mean, you've had your podcast for less than a year and it's doing incredible. So that's amazing. And you're just like me, like you said, you did not think you were going to do a podcast. You posted that video, then you went to podcasting, you found anchor, you know, we both love anchor. I know that. Um, so, cause it's just so easy to use. I love it. I'm always yes. plugging it too. <laughs> so, um, so tell me a little bit about, I mean, the guests that you have on are so cool. So just kind of give me a little bit of a recap of how you, how you connect with these different guests or these people that you know in real life and you've worked with, or are they people you meet through, I mean, your awesome networking, or is it kind of a blend? Like, how do you pick who comes on your show? How does that work for you? Yes. So what I do is I have all kinds of different people and that's what I really love is, and they all, I meet them all through all kinds of different things. I get messages on, you know, people send me emails, people mm -hmm. send me things on, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, there's all these different apps out there for, you know, like podcasters to yeah. connect with guests and people. And I just, I love it. And I, and what I do is I like to set up a call with everybody. I do this. And remember we did this because we are recording an yes. episode tomorrow on my <laughs> yes. podcast with Maya. Yes. So we did our call. So I do a call with everyone because I just want to get to know them on a deeper level, chat with them, you know, hear more about their story, what they want to get into, what they've learned, all kinds of things like that. And then I go ahead and schedule the episode, but I love it because I have, you know, people who are authors, people who are speakers, people who own businesses, people who do all kinds of different things, teachers, you know, different, different masters in different fields, professionals in different areas of all things related to mental health and mindset. So I've had, and I've learned so much just from having these conversations and really learning about things that I never thought that I never knew anything about. You know, I never knew anything about meditation or you could use yoga to help with PTSD yeah. or jujitsu for trauma from being in the military or all these different things that I had no idea. And just hearing these stories of people come on and tell me, you know, who used to be homeless, addicted to drugs, struggling with substance abuse, lost family, friends, everything, jobs, everything. And, and going from that to 
using what hurt them the most, using that addiction and turning around and coaching others, helping others and starting facilities to help people with addiction issues. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is so inspiring just to, just to hear that because, you know, when you really are in those dark moments, you don't think at all anywhere of, oh, I'll be able to do that. Or I'm going to do this one day, or this is where I'm going to be. No way. No way. So just hearing these people say these things and just, I love it. And I just get so excited and, you know, being able to, you know, have people from all over the place, like people from London, Ireland, and just hear like, it's crazy to me, you know, it's crazy, you know, like start this I'm like there's no I'm like I'm gonna do this podcast or whatever put some episodes or like talk <laughs> yeah. about you know talk about myself my story like because I remember it was still it was still in the back of my mind of self-doubt of oh like this isn't really gonna like I'm, I'm gonna stop doing this it's not gonna be fun whatever but I every conversation I have means so much to me is makes me so happy brings me so much joy and I leave fi- like fired up after everything and just excited and I love you know like promoting the people, putting them out there, like letting them talk about, you know, what is your work? What are you like Mm -hmm. doing? What are your interests? And, you know, tell me about, you know, your darkest moments and how did you get out of that? What did you learn and how, what are you doing now? And just featuring those stories. And it's, it's so much fun because I think, you know, the biggest thing that I'm working towards is trying to strip away this stigma that we associate with our own mental health issues or just in general, the stigma that is associated with mental health. So I think in each and all these conversations, continuing to do this, continuing to have more, continuing to connect with more people and do these things is what really makes me see that it is possible. And one day there will not be a stigma at all. And I am, you know, I'm, it's going to happen. You're on and a I'm mission. I'm going to be there. You're on a mission. <laughs> and it's going to, it's going to happen. And <laughs> I, I, I know because it's going to, and it just, it. it makes me so happy because when you sit down and you think about, you know, it's like, let's look about, let's think about all of the positives. Cause I know before in my mm-hmm. life, it was so easy, so easy to not recognize the blessings because I was so attached to the pains and the things that hurt me and prevented me from moving forward. But now when you think of what, what is possible, if there was no stigma with mental health at all, if it was like talking about the weather, if I'm talking, you know, it's sunny today, it's raining and you're like, well, I have bipolar disorder and I'm schizophrenic. And it's like, oh, it's, you know, oh, wow. You know, tell me about it. It's just no stigma. What would that mean for people, for just for families, for relationships? You know, what would that mean for so many things or, you know, issues that we see, you know, all these people needing, you know, different kinds of treatments or seeking different kinds of treatments for things, you know, what would that, how would that be easier? Would that make, would that be easier for people? Would that open up doors for more conversations that weren't able to be had before? Just all of the things that could come from this and can come from, you know, especially, and you, you can think about, there's, there's things all over the place, like the prison system, jails, yeah. you know, treatment facilities, detox centers, struggling with substance abuse, mm-hmm. every, all of this stuff and how it's, t- how is it, is it tied to mental health and, and what is the connection there? But what would that look like if there wasn't a stigma? Yeah. You know, what would that do for these people and people struggling and, you know, any, anybody out there who knows anybody with any kind of mental health issue. And that's why yeah. I'm, you know, doing what I'm doing. And I, I love it so much. And, you know, and that's really where the name crooked illness it's people always ask me, you know, where does that come from? Like, why, what is that? Like, what is crooked? (laughs) And it's, it's really, it's the two perspectives that I have and what I've seen from both sides. And when I say crooked, basically to me, crooked just means it's not, it's not working right. It's bent. It's not all the way straight. It's not properly functioning. And that's how I see it. 
in, in our own selves, when we're experiencing our struggles with mental health, it's crooked because sometimes we can't see it. We're not aware of what it's doing to us. So that's that component. And then also the other side of it, of going back and working and seeing that stigma still there and yeah. still holding people back and, and preventing people from getting the help and preventing, you know, and then people working who are afraid of coming out about their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you work here, I, I was one of them. I mm-hmm. was one of them. So seeing that, and then just the illness component of mental health in general. So that's where that really comes from, but just seeing all of these things and just continuing to have more of these conversations, put more of this stuff out there to help people and to give them, you know, a place to come and talk about this stuff because I, that's what it is. You know, that's what it is. It's completely no judgment. And like you said, you brought up the point earlier of understanding versus judgment. And I feel like there's a huge difference. And I feel like, you know, for me, at least my thought is I feel like we're almost taught to judge things that we don't understand because we don't, we don't, or we don't, or we haven't been exposed to, you know, things yeah. we haven't experienced or seen. Like you said, you know, you've, you haven't had cancer. I haven't had cancer either. And right. you know, I haven't had any of these different things. So how am I going to come out and talk about that when you haven't had it? And I feel like it's, you know, shifting that to allowing people to have more of an understanding instead of judging. Like you said, be curious, mm-hmm. be curious, try to hear that, per- hear, hear them out, listen, take it in and just be there be there, be present, yeah. see what you can learn, see what you can gain from that, that you can use moving forward to help you in understanding and connecting with people on a deeper level. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And something I think about when you start talking about sharing, you know, all these stories from these individuals. And again, I think I just kind of chuckled to myself because you're like, I didn't realize this was going to happen with this podcast. And, you know, I hear that a lot from people that I help with their podcasts and, and things like that. And, you know, to hear you talk about the name too, your name is great because you always want to name that hooks. So you guys can get some podcast tips here too. <laughs> Bonus, here we go. But, um, you know, it's, you want to have an interesting name and something that hooks and something that means something and it's powerful and yours definitely does. And, and you having these individuals on sharing their story. And I wish I, I knew who said this quote, but I used to quote this a lot because I was an English major in college. And, um, but it, this writer said once that, you know, sometimes people need a story more than they need food when they're starving because they need that inspiration. And that's going to fill them more than any a piece of bread or even some water would help them when they're in that state of crisis. And it is absolutely the truth. It is, it is the truth, you know, and I'm not saying don't go out and help the, you know, homeless and don't help the starving, please do that. No, but the point behind this is that, you know, hearing a story, you hear one story. If you can touch one person with your story, like you, you have fulfilled your why and your purpose. And I'm just so excited for you, uh, Paris, because I really do. It's one of the reasons I wanted to connect with you and, and, connect with you and get you in the group with the ladies and obviously have you on the podcast because you really know your why, you know why you're doing this and you really know that your purpose is to share your story and allow others to share their story in a really amazing place and a great platform. So obviously we know your podcast name is Crooked Illness. They can find it on any major platform, but where can they reach out to you on uh, social media? It's the same handle, I believe, right? Yes. So you guys can contact me, slide in my DM, send me a message and whatever you guys want. Chat with me on Instagram. You can reach me at crooked illness, or you can send me an email crooked illness at gmail.com. If you are interested in 
chatting with me, coming on the show, sharing your experience, because that's what I'm all about, highlighting people's experiences related to mental health and mindset to continue helping others. And yeah, so you guys can feel free to don't hesitate at all. Go ahead and shoot me a message. And you know, you can always share your thoughts as well on this episode. Great episode. So glad to do it with Maya. Share, share with me what you thought and what you took away from it. So yeah, thanks. Thanks, Maya, for having me on. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Paris. And I will also include all of Paris's information, how to contact her in the show notes and obviously in all my posts too. So thank you guys so much for listening to Women for Women Wednesday on My Opinion. We'll see you back here next week.